Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is Horror on the Orient Express. It is available from Chaosium. I'm the Keeper of the Secrets, and this is episode 29. Our recap will be given by Morgan Llewellyn as his character, Dr. Gabriel Neruda. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Morgan? My dearest Clara, it seems that there is no end to the stream of madness in which we are drowning. How many of these letters have I written in just a span of a few days? Some of those letters were merely dreams, of course. Though I really shouldn't be using the word merely. There are much more to dreams than I ever knew. Perhaps I'll tell you here that it is my intention to deal to steal something hidden amid the long dead bones of St. Isidoro from the altar in his chapel within the Basilica San Marco. But what the old family think of that? Just a few days ago, and I would never think of entering such a place at all, let alone taking something from it. But that feeling of damnation uh, descended to be overwhelming. But now, after the Gulf of Nodens, I feel lighter. The Basilica now feels like a surmountable obstacle. <laughs> You'll never be reading this letter, of course, Clara. I shall burn it as soon as I am done. Not only would the black shirts discovering it bring much suffering to myself and my companions, it will also not make any sense to you at all, I'm afraid. And I've already given you plenty to worry about in the letters I've already sent. <sighs> There's nothing wrong then if I mentioned here that a man was impaled 10 feet up on an iron fence around a glass factory, that image will never haunt you. Nor will you know that it is just like the fate of Faccia, the man who stole the voice of Caterina Cavallaro and tapped away her youth and beauty. So too will you never know that the dead man on the iron fence had a fiance who gnawed her own tongue off, screaming all the while that the devil killed her husband-to-be. And best of all, you won't know that I believe her. Something, I'm afraid, has followed us from Milan. Uh, well, something aside from the magician's newfound chest rash and coughing fits brought about by that damnable simulacrum. I wonder, shall I cease walking after I remove the leg from that altar? The notes of Captain Dubois found by your thorough and astute research assistant Giorgio mentioned that his, that his daughter was afflicted with some paralysis in the leg after he confiscated it from the soldier Jean Bocher, joining the rest of the Venetians in that same malady. They wanted to kill Jean for witchcraft, but placing the leg of the simulacra to rest with the saint who lost all his skin being dragged for the Romans was not only fitting, but also put an end to this plague of paralysis. If my leg does go bad, Maybe my companions can find me a bicycle to wheel me around on. We also took an uncatalogued book from the Bibliothèque Marciana, an account from the Crusades that mentions the simulacrum. Giorgio not only pointed us in the right direction to locate the text, he also turned a blind eye to our permanent and unsanctioned loan of the book. And now we have but to wait until nightfall, in which case the leg will be leaving the Basilica and coming with us on the train. But, so I'm left with a series of questions. One, if there is a God, why does he hate us so? 
how could he allow for the statue of the skinless one to even exist? Two, does the soul of Saint Isidoro smile when he thinks that part of the skinless one has joined him in his entombment? Anyway, with much love, Gabriel. P.S. After I light my pipe with this burning page, I intend to enjoy it. Very nice. <clears throat> so it's late afternoon, early evening. Um, I would like you to do a group luck roll. Uh, mine's at 56, so if anyone's got lower than that. I have 57. 52, is that the lowest? Yep. That's it. 51. Ah, very nice. Very lucky. So as the evening goes on, um, I can, I'll ask you two questions. Um, what is it that you were going to do um, at the beginning, uh, late afternoon? Um, and when are you planning on trying to do something? Uh, if you're waiting around until the crowd begins to thin out in the plaza, it doesn't really do that until maybe 10 or 11 p.m. People eat late dinners. Yeah, I am, I'm interested if it is somewhat crowded in the uh, square, this is not bad for us. Uh, but I would like perhaps to see the activity in the basilica slow down so we can comfortably find this side chapel to ourselves. Well, yeah. the tour, tour groups stop uh, in the afternoon, uh, but there are people going into the church to pray, to light candles and stuff like that. Probably also around 11 is when people will all go to bed. Uh, is there an evening mass on Friday? Uh, no, I don't think so. So I think, uh, yeah, sometime when perhaps... Uh, we can uh, admire the basilica and watch to see when it thins out. It should not be hard. It, it is not a significant tourist site, this Isidoro. Correct. All right. So we'll say, um, since you passed your luck, we'll say around 10 p.m. So did you want to do anything before that? Just stand around for hours and hours. I guess maybe have a light, a light meal. Did we have uh, something that once we have the leg that we can store it in, sort of how we're storing the torso in my trunk, or do we need to acquire? That um, is something. Yeah. What did you guys do about your broken trunk? That's right. Yeah, uh, I want to. Uh, since it seems we might be leaving soon, I doubt I could get a locksmith to replace this this uh, broken lock. So I'll go see if uh, go shopping for some luggage to replace it. Okay, that that's all I need to know. You're going to put it in another trunk. Um, yeah, sturdier trunk, uh, harder trunk to open, more expensive. Yeah, yeah, probably a little bit. Uh, I mean, if it, if the sturdier trunk with a better lock is more expensive, then yeah, more expensive trunk. But yeah. So you currently have two pieces. Mm -hmm. What do you do with the third piece? 
Do you put it with one of the other pieces? Do you put it in a third I'll, trunk? I'll maybe get a, um, I'll also go shopping and pick up a, uh, a real sturdy canvas duffel bag that I could put it in and then put it in my trunk. Okay. So we can each volunteer our trunks. We should think it would be based on the other limbs, probably uh, three feet and yeah. a little, if it is oh, proportional. Probably. Probably about three feet. That's so it easy. might have to be a bit diagonal in some trunks, but we have, we're traveling with some luggage. So you can yeah. also consider in the future you're going to have more body parts. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe like a empty cello case because like moving a cello around wouldn't be unheard of in Europe, in Southern Europe. Yeah. All right. As long as you've got that all in mind, what you're going to do. All right. Um, the evening comes, and um, to have you rely on some luck rolls to see if you are uh, spotted along the way. But we'll do that when the time comes. So describe your plan for me. How are you going to do this? Where are you going to be? When you are in the chapel, you can't see out. And when you're outside the chapel, you can see in the doorway, but the chapel goes that way. Mm -hmm. The altar's all the way at the end. The door is on the far end, not facing. So what we could do, I, I will go, if somebody will help me move the lid off the, the reliquary in there. The relic oh. box and then if the others want to go out into the hallway and position themselves kind of just lounging but they could see if anybody's yeah coming look direction. out yeah. and then distraction if anyone gets close yeah yeah i could be a a distractor i'm not the strongest so like maybe helping you lift that is yeah, I think perhaps Thursby is the one to be inside with the muscle. Uh, we we loiter around the chapel until there's no tourist, and then three of us stay outside, and two of us make the extraction, yeah? Slips the leg okay. under your coat, and we uh, disperse towards the exits. Okay. Um light source what are you going to use there's no there's candles but the candles by that time will probably be out in that chapel it'll be pitch dark it have a a, a couple small torches or like flashlights sure all right so around 10 o'clock there's there's very few people there's still a few people praying in the you know but it's a big church so they're not really near where you are uh, if people walk in the door, they're walking in, they're walking up towards the altar, up in the front of the big church, and they're looking around. So once again, they're not going in the dark little you know, archways going to the chapels. Um, some of you position yourselves outside, and Dr. Gabriel and Thursby are going inside. Um, you go inside, it's, yes. Uh, I also want to get a sizable amount of lira. I want to be able to do a quick bribe, like uh, like maybe a couple thousand lira. 
okay. in bills. Yeah, that that's cool. That's not a lot of money. I mean, that's that's a lot for yeah, for broad, there and then. But yeah, yeah. For, for me, no. All right. So the two of you go inside the chapel. There's dim light coming through that that one high up window that I I failed to mention. Um, but the chapel is fairly dark. There, the candles, if there are any candles, let their votive candles, and they're right down at the bottom. So they're just slightly flickering light. You uh, turn on your torches and point them towards the altar. Now the altar sets in front. There are a number of uh, things on that. There's a, a, a cross, and there's some candlesticks, and then the reliquary sets behind that. Uh, do a spot hidden as you come up towards it. Sixty-six is a failure. But I could spend some luck. Well, how did Thursby do? Oh, Thursby, I'm sorry. I get to do, uh, yeah, look at this. Ha, ha, ha. Here comes my 55 or less. And there's a 64. So that's a fail. Okay. Um, uh, wait, wait, wait. Nine points. Uh, uh, don't, don't, don't spend any luck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, as you go in, you realize that the, sarcoph the sarcophagus is, is rather heavy. Um, and it looks like a, a marble top. So it's going to take some effort. Uh, you're not quite sure how to do it. You might need to take the things off the altar uh, in order to not knock them off the altar when you are trying to get to the to St. Isidore's uh, reliquary. Okay, so I'll get to work at removing my half and putting them gently down on the ground. Okay. Like whatever, there's three, four items on my half. I'll just put that quietly on the ground right there, just quickly. You notice as you're doing that, that there is a little bit of wiggle room around behind the reliquary. So imagine that it's a rectangular uh, uh, marble box, but it's in a semicircular area. So you can sort of squeeze in behind it, but there's you're, you have to kind of lean forward because the dome comes up. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's a little bit of room back there. Uh, those of you standing outside, I would like you to do a luck roll. I guess a group luck roll. Oh, I'd be uh, rolling again. <laughs> Yeah, not as good. 71 is 20 more than 51. Okay. <laughs> so as you are there, um, there seems to be a couple of maybe late night tourists or so forth that are kind of circum circumvent uh, circumventing, circumambulating the interior of the church. And they're coming in your direction. Um, uh as they start kind of headed my way, I'm going to take advantage of this nasty cough I have, I've developed and just start hacking and kind of giving the fear of, oh, you know, this guy's here because he's sick. and Exactly. That, just like that. that. That is effective. Uh, they hear you coughing and they just sort of turn away uh, without being rude. But yeah, 
they don't want to catch a cold. Um, and so that sort of saves them from, from going in the chapel. All right, Dr. Gabriel and Dr. Thea and Theodore. Um, yes. Very quickly, I, I forgot. The, the couple thousand uh, lira for bribes, uh-huh. um, if it's okay, I would have handed it to the people running interference for us because that's that was the whole point. So sure. whoever, uh, I don't know, Dorian or, or Dr. Kerr. Yeah, okay, yeah, Dorian, here, here's, here's a couple thousand... Uh, <laughs> okay. uh, uh, thank you, my friend. <laughs> uh, we never saw Dorian again. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, I have plenty of money. So, uh, Doctor Neruda and and Theodore, you guys are on the sides of the reliquary. Yeah. Um, do strength rolls. Right. Ooh! Wow, that's a critical. Is a pass. This is, I think, an extreme. One second. Oh darn! It's so close to an extreme. It's it's uh, hard. Okay. If if an extreme would help, I could just bump it. It just doesn't matter. Um, so you get a hold of the lid, and you're not sure whether you're going to have to lift it or whether it's hinged. But you find that the back of the reliquary doesn't lift. The front of it does, and you you feel that it's probably hinged on something. Um, it's pitch black behind the uh, the reliquary suit. I run my fingers down where I think the hinge would be because I want to make sure it's hinged. I don't want this, suppose it's hinged and it's just stuck and then it's going to fall down really quickly and make a huge noise. Okay. You, in fact, do feel hinges. Okay. There. Bingo. They seem to be sunk into the stone itself. Fascinating. So, um, so you begin to lift it. There is... Um, Oddly enough, an interesting smell that comes from the reliquary. It smells kind of like a rose blossom, not not rose, um, orange blossoms. Very citrusy sort of smell. Um, but you open it up. Uh, you can also see that as it opens, it hits the top of the dome and you can't like flip it all the way back. You have to actually hold it open. Uh, if you let go, it's just going to slam okay. shut. Just, you hold it. I got it. I got it. Dr. Neruda. Okay. Dr. Neruda, you're going to. going to look inside. Okay. Is, is it here? You shine your torch inside and there is a red velvet um, sort of uh bedding, if you will, and the relics of the saint, which are somewhat desiccated, but mostly mostly bones at this point, are laid out on top of the red velvet. Um, you don't see any uh, porcelain-looking leg. You don't see this in that part. But there is a letter in an envelope that is laying on top of the body with a seal on it. I will take that and okay. open it. Um, I'm going to open it right there. You can. Um, you open it. It has writing in Italian uh, inside okay. of it. Here, but it's not here. But shut that. Let's 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 go. Are, are you? Did you check underneath the underneath the red velvet? 
it's pretty close to the bottom of the yeah, it's just it's laying on the the Sedefgard leg's not gonna fit in whatever's remaining of this box. Like, oh, okay. it's gone. All right. All right. And Dr. Dr. Neruda, do a luck roll. Eleven is it good? Okay. When you opened that letter, the seal crumbled, but it landed in your hand. So you still have the seal in your hand as you guys put the reliquary back into place and you uh, exit St. Isidoro's Chapel and come back to the others. Mm. Wasn't there, but let's go back to the hotel room. There's, there was something else in there. Okay. <coughs> Sounds good. Oh, damn, this cough. All right. So... You make your way back to the hotel room, and uh, you get there. Uh, you check your hand. There, there. The seal itself is a little. Um, it's a piece of red wax, sealing wax, and there is some sort of um, stamp that was stamped into it. You'll have to kind of piece it together to see what it is. But do you have the letter? It is written in Italian. I'm fluent in Italian. I mean, I like rudimentary. Okay. So, Theodore, you unwrap the the envelope or the, the letter, and this is what you read. Holy Saint Isidoro, you who endured such torture, help me. Pray that God forgive me. There are so few resources, and I have a great need of what you can provide. So I took it with much trembling and sense of sacrilege that I, a true Venetian, should violate our most sacred place. Yet surely some needs stand above all others. Is not love the greatest excuse? My friend was weeping and begging for help. His figure was damaged and I had no material to repair it. For this cursed war makes everything scarce. I remembered the old story at last. What else could I do? I owed him so much. His grandson died on Mont Grappa alongside my own dear Marco, and his figures are the only things that comfort him. Let this be my witness that I do not do this for personal gain, but for love, San Isidoro, have mercy and forgive me. Beg God to forgive me. God knows that I only seek to do my best. Mm, um, Theodore, uh, that Italian, was it, uh, you know, how English changes? Was it an older Italian or do you think is more recently? Uh, it's my, it's my, Venetian Italian. Okay. But my, it's fairly I, modern. I am. Okay. Just, just literate in Italian. <laughs> right. So. so piecing the seal back together, or trying to, is it, maybe it was a You think seal. at first that it is a little, a little cherub angel. Um, and then you realize that it, 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 it's, a, it's a shield and there is a cherub angel on the top of it. And the the little tiny cherub angel seems to be holding 
a little person in his hands that's very strange looking. Hmm. It means nothing to you. I think maybe a family crest uh, of some kind. I wonder if he maybe brought it to the attention of uh, our library assistant. Yeah. But I was thinking... um, so the uh, whoever took the artifact from from there, he was taking it for someone else's figures. Is is that what you you gathered? The figure his figure was damaged. Does that mean yeah. his leg was damaged? Was a statue was damaged? Yeah, it's, it's so. I mean, it's I mean, so bizarre. I mean, I wonder, yeah, very bizarre. But, you know, there were a couple hints in that letter that maybe we could cross-reference to figure out who that had been. Um, if they kept records, if Mont Grappa was a, a battle on the Great War, maybe they kept records of the death because we know a, a Marco died there who was his son, and we could find the family name and see if, Kind of maybe narrow it Mar- down down that way. Marco is a pretty common name. It is, but you know, like I in the don't, city of Saint Mark. <laughs> I don't know how large of a battle Mount Grappa was, so. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, does um in in seeing in seeing a lot of the statues and stuff, the decorations of Venice. Does, does that little cherub holding the, the, that configuration strike any recollections or? Uh-uh. I mean, you're, you're right. It's probably a family crest, but. Well, the city of Venice is very rich in insignia. Uh, many artisans and not so many literal persons. They have all kinds of images on the bridges and the walls and everything. It is possible that Giorgio can figure, find us even a, a lexicon of family symbols. Yeah, that would be a very good idea. Yeah, for, for uh, Venetian heraldry. And it seems strange. He's retrieving it for his friends who was a damaged figure. But the, also the symbol is a cherub holding a figure as if he had his own simulacrum. There are too many represent, representations of people here to make me comfortable. The uh, age of the paper and the seal, does it suggest that it's been there? Dry conditions in the dark for... 10 years, 20, 30. Do um, anthropology? A, a chemistry um, question? I suppose if you wanted to try to chemically analyze it. However, you do have the reference to the Mount Grappa. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that might also be a knowledge role about is that the First World War or, or an so Italian it's conflict? Is this a history role? Needing a, a sure, a, it would really be an Italian history role or a Venetian history. Role. So maybe sure. with an extreme success in history. Sure, I could tell you this: there are no mountains in Venice. Uh, well, thirty-two is almost a hard success, but 
but it's not an extreme, so I do not know. Mm. It would uh, no anthropology was no, huh? Darn, I've got a really good anthropology. So I have an extreme success for chemistry. I take a little hook and my loop and I scratch at the wax and I see, ah, oh, this is oxidized. The inside color is this scarlet and the outside is this scarlet. It's in the dark. So, oh, uh, and you got what? You got an extreme? Yeah, I got a five. All right. I'll say that you're guessing that there's not enough oxidation. It's probably no more than 20, 30 years at the most. Maybe less. Yeah. So we're dealing with people who might still be alive, at least, which is what we can hope for. Yeah. It's as though the writer knew that they could take something other than the bones. They knew it was here. The old stories. I wonder I wonder if a Venetian family passed down the the story of what happened. Possibly. The uh, <clears throat> the figure who entombed the limb would keep it a secret, but perhaps someone's some family had a brother in the priesthood. They must look at these things uh, once in a while, take open them for maybe a saint day or something. Maybe it was discovered by one of the clerics decades after it was interred here. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's going getting close to midnight. We're probably yeah. not going to have anything we can do. Maybe we ought to just get some rest. Yeah, we'll have Giorgio get to work. He's been very efficient for us. Yeah, he has. Do uh, have we already done the switcheroo with the limbs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You've got the torso. So I'll be sleeping next to that thing for the first time. We'll see. Oh, put it in your closet. Don't sleep next to it. <laughs> <laughs> next to it in, in a relative sense. Yeah, yeah. Snuggle, snuggle in. <laughs> it's the opposite of a hot water bottle. And uh, and how about uh, Dorian? Are you going to keep the arm or are you going to have somebody else keep the arm? Uh I think I was letting Theodore keep the arm. Yeah, I'll keep the arm. And, and, and Dorian, uh, the couple thousand lira back here. You didn't. <laughs> oh, Theodore, I am afraid I have sadly lost it. No, I'm only joking, my friend. Here you go. I wouldn't <laughs> do that to you. I'm an honest man. <laughs> so Roland has the torso. Okay. I would like everyone to do power balls. Okay, sir. Oh, surprise, surprise. And oh, no. <laughs> no. You cannot see because it's zero, zero, zero. Nice. No. What'd you get, Hunter? I got a 77 out of 65 fail. Okay. I got regular success. Regular for me. And how'd you do, Theodore? Uh, 94 out of 65. Well, we're oh, really very close right. to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Theodore, as you lay in bed at night, you, you find it difficult to get to sleep. 
um, you're very, you're very restless. And at some point in the night, uh, you hear probably through the walls, um, some of your friends moving around. Um, Dr. Roland and Dr. Gabriel, um, you also have a bit of a rough night, um, but you sleep a little bit better. At least uh, you do uh, uh, to Roland. Um, Gunter and Dorian, you are not sleeping well at all. It's like you've got an itch that is not being scratched. And it's, it's, it's Dorian, it's your arm and, and Gunter, it's your chest. Um, but something, something you, you just, you don't feel right. You don't feel right at all. Uh, to, so much so that you, you get up a couple times and you pace around and, um, Gunter, you find yourself walking, um, to the wall. Uh, are you guys in three rooms, two rooms? I forget. Are you all in your own rooms? I thought we were all in our own rooms. Yeah, yeah we are all in our own rooms. Gunter, you keep walking to the wall and pressing yourself up against it. The wall that Roland is on the other side of. And Dorian, you also kind of keep gravitating towards the wall that Theodore is on the other side of. Just like uh, you, you, you can't get it out of your mind that uh, that you don't have the arm, the the torso. Um, you you can't seem to go to sleep without them. You can try, mm-hmm. but you won't succeed. So it's up to you what you do. Broke the wall for a while. <laughs> I was going to say that Roland, you you can hear. It sounds like somebody rubbing up against the wall, and it's uh, it's Gunter. <laughs> uh, I will rub against the wall. Maybe even knock on the wall a little bit. So Theodore hit a knock. <laughs> I am going to walk over to Roland's room. And just uh, knock on the door. Hmm. Who is? Uh, it is a uh, hair block. Yeah, is there trouble? Uh, yeah, just uh, been troubled uh, recently, and I was used to sharing a room with uh, Doctor Edison, and without him here, I'm having trouble sleeping. I was just wondering if maybe I could rest on your couch. Uh, I see no reason. Hold on. Because the chain, of course, is on the door. We have had, so I put my little dressing gown on and look through the peephole, and there's Block. So come in. Thank thank you. I'm afraid I I don't have anything to offer you. I haven't, I would have picked up a bottle of something for late night, but he's been a little restless also. Oh, that's that's okay. I just, uh, yeah, I got. I guess I got used to Doctor York's uh, breathing and just knowing someone was around. And having my own room has now made it tough. Yeah, I don't snore. I think I've heard York through the wall more than once. Oh yes, yes, yes. I'll just uh, I'll just take the couch and uh, 
if the couch is near the closet, I'm going to purposely lay down so my head's nearest near the nearest the closet. And that seems to work. Your anxiety seems to fade away a little bit. I am a little different to block, but I will let Kurz uh, finish before. I, I just I think there's some bedclothes in the trunk at the end of the bed there. So okay. I will peer under the hallway and close the door again, making sure that everything is normal. I actually knock on the wall for a bit, and then I run out frantically to Theodore's door, knock on his door. Theodore, 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 Theodore. I, I, I go to the door. I look through the people. Dorian? Theodore, Theodore, please let me in. Okay. Oh, come on. So I unbolt the door and come in, come in. And I close the Theodore. door. I, I hug Theodore. Theodore, I have had a horrible nightmare. Oh, yeah. I've been a little bit uh, uh, restless with the sleep tonight myself. But come in, come in. Sit yeah. down. Take a load off. Uh, yes, yes, Theodore. Um, this sounds like a strange request, but uh, we've been friends. So I'm just going to sleep in your room. Yes, I have come rest. Of course. Of course. No, I... Now, these are troubling times, and I get it. Sometimes it, it gets under our skin, and yeah, you need rest. Get it in. Theodore, do a spot hidden for me. Okay, sure. It's, uh, oh, ooh, there's a zero, and that's a 20. No, that's a 70. Oh, no, I fail. Nope. Theodore, um, um, uh, out of character. Theodore, where have you put the uh, arm? Where is the arm? Oh, yeah, it's in a duffel bag in uh, and then inside uh, uh, my primary uh, chest. Where's okay. your chest? In in the uh, in the closet area. OK, OK. OK, I'm going to be a little weirder than Gunter. I'm I'm going to sleep on the floor and I'm going to uh, may- maybe be half under the bed if the closet's close to the bed or wherever. And I'm going to. Snuggle up close to the closet. Not even a pillow or a blanket, just... Dorian, do a... Uh, do a luck roll. No, fuck. Oh, that's, that's a fail. That's an eight. Okay. So you're, uh, you're... You're hunkering down like a cat on the floor, getting ready to curl up and go to sleep. And as soon as you put your weight on your arm, you realize that you are laying on your left arm and it suddenly gives you a sharp pain. Um, uh, which, Theodore, you see him wince. Dorian, Dorian, what are you doing down there? I don't want you to at least take the chaise lounge if you don't no, want to be in I much prefer the floor, Theodore, but uh, I, I just need to readjust myself. I'm uh, having issues. It is fine. You go to sleep, Theodore. I will be perfectly fine. I am. I will sit up for a few minutes, and then I will go back to sleep. I might then grab a, a pillow or whatever and put it, oh, put it by. But I'm yeah, staying your, on your, the floor. Your anxiety is gone now that you're near the near where it's where it is all right other than that you guys finally sleep through the night you're a little creeped out but all right next morning comes and you guys are going to have some breakfast 
Anything you want to discuss or plans to make? Oh, a little bit. You look very well rested, Neruda. I guess you had no visitors in the night. That would be a negative. Did you? Yeah, I have block. Uh, it's lonely without uh, Dr. York. Oh, yeah. Dorian came in the state of the night too with me. It's, I, I get it, though. I mean, we've had some un unsettling events recently. It affects everyone differently. Yeah. So the experiment of moving the things around, I guess, shows that they are causing more than physical difficulties. Mm. Oh, well. Oh, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm rested after once I was able to go to sleep. I did very well, slept very well. I Just watching you on that couch all night gave me a pain in my neck. Mm. The floor was very comfortable, Fyodor. Very comfortable indeed. <laughs> I'm glad it was for you. It didn't look too comfortable, but Oh, it was very comfortable, Fyodor. You should try it tonight. Sleep on the floor. It's, it's fantastic. So we get, uh, I think we should get uh, to the library as quickly as possible and get Giorgio on this seal. Yeah. Library probably doesn't open for about an hour, but. Uh, oh, get, get a quick breakfast. Yeah, you guys are downstairs in the cafe. Of um, get the morning paper. Okay, Gunter, you pick up the morning paper and you start to look through it. And you find two interesting articles. Mm. Well, gentlemen, uh, seems like tragedy does follow us. A, uh, look at this article. A gondolier murdered. Police is in... Police have informed the public that another terrifying murder has occurred. Paulo Rizzo, a gondolier, was found torn to pieces in his boat, obviously the work of an insane maniac. It appears that the man's heart had been ripped from his body as well as other internal organs. There are speculations that this murder may be tied to the one near the Murano glass factory. Some of the evening's merry makers claim to have seen death pulling a gondola down the Grand Canal. Death. <laughs> then has the Black Death returned? Local officials are concerned with the rising of the tides and the possible introduction of dark, stagnant waters into the various rios that surround our homes and businesses. Foul tide waters have crept into low-lying houses and two churches. Several children who played in the water are now ill with black blotches spreading across their bodies. People are talking of the Black Plague, which ravaged Venice twice in the 15th century. Has it returned? Yeah, that's very disturbing, especially with the murder. Twice. Notice also that... The facial expressions of some of the other patrons, it's almost as if they're talking about something, you know, something that they saw or something that they heard happened last night. Um, but you, 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 you know, they're, they're, it's murmurs, so you'd have to uh, pass us, 
listen role and Italian listen role. Okay, yeah, I've, I've got Italian, so do a little. Do I do a combined role or? No, you can just do one or the other. Oh, if you have Italian, Italian, you could do a listen role. Yeah. Okay, all right, that's good. So I'll do a listen. Okay, role. I will also do. Oh, uh, hey, look, I actually passed 30 out of 50. Thank God you passed because I failed. <laughs> What you hear somebody say is, I tell you it's the truth. I saw it with my own eyes. The statue of the Virgin was weeping. It was weeping blood. And I'll, I'll just immediately inform everybody of that there. And there seem to be other people saying something similar, that one of the statues in the palaza uh, was weeping blood last hmm. night. Oh, uh, if there can I identify who? Could I just sort of step on by and uh, sure, and in, in Italian, and uh, you know, buongiorno. Uh, pardon me, buongiorno. I I've uh, I just over overheard. I I've heard a couple other people mentioning something similar. Um, where where was this? This is truly fascinating. In front of Saint Mark's. Uh... The statue on the left-hand side of the Virgin Mary was weeping blood. My goodness. This can either be, well, this is probably a good sign. It's a blessing from the Virgin, but it could also be a bad sign. Something bad is coming. Yeah, I was reading in the newspaper uh, um, just recently uh, of a, of a, of a terrible uh, deed that had happened. Uh, I wonder if that's... The, 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 there's a lot of darkness stirring in the city. Uh, murders and the Black Death. It's just, this is terrible. Do, do you, when, when did this sort of thing start happening? Is this, is this just in the last weeks or has this been going on for months? Just, just in the last few days. Oh my, so this is really fresh upon us. I bet you the statue of the Virgin Mary uh, has something to do with this. Well, thank you so much. I'm... Yeah. Wonderful day to you. Now I relay that there to the... Mm. It's bizarre. So it was at the uh, St. Mark's uh, in the plaza? Yeah. The where one on where the you left. guys were last night. Yeah, that's what. I... <laughs> okay. Well, perhaps we should uh, swing by and see this miracle for ourselves. Good. Weird things seem to follow us after all. Or do we merely follow the weird things? Are we the. Uh, are they as. Are we the symptom or the cause? At least I would say we are, in chemistry, we'd call us a catalyst. Mm. If this limb was stolen 10 years ago or more, and yet only when we arrive does it stir up the black blotches on the flesh, it makes me wonder. Perhaps even the limb is activated by being near the other limbs that seem to have such ill effect. That would make a lot of sense. I'm wondering if the, the statue, if the statue of the Virgin Mary is is human-sized, I wonder 
I wonder if, huh, interesting to see the legs of that statue. I'm, well, I think that Virgin Mary usually is not sculpted with legs visible. Yeah, good point, yeah. The virgin can can dancer <laughs> is a different matter. Wow. <laughs> I wish that, I, perhaps we at the library we can get uh, newspapers of better quality. These stories are sensational, but very unspecific. The heart was ripped out of the gondolier, but is the heart missing? And who was it who saw death hauling itself down the canal in a gondola? And in what neighborhood are children getting black splotches? There's so many, there's more missing from these articles than there's contained in them. Oh, I could use a little more coffee and then we maybe we see the, the Blessed Virgin on the way to see uh, dear Giorgio. Yes, that sounds like the better plan. If she still weeps blood, there'll be a crowd. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Historically, these events usually mean that the stone that the statue was sculpted from contained iron elements that were poorly understood, and there was a drainage issue that caused the apparent blood. Mm. It's a statue outside St. Mark's all these years has been rained on for hundreds of years. It would not be a new phenomenon. All right, so you have your coffee. Um, everything is nearby, so what's your first line of, what's your, where are you going first? I want to go to the statue. Okay. You, you leave your hotel, you walk along the, uh, the side of the, uh, the canal, the Grand Canal. You come to the Palazza and you, you walk around, there's what you'd expect, people walking about. Um, you once again can smell the, the nasty smell of the, the water. It smells even worse than it did yesterday. Um, and it's got kind of a black oily film on it that's not very pleasant either. You, uh, you, you head into the plaza and you head towards St. Mark's. And there are, of course, lots of statues and things like that. You walk back and forth. You see the statue probably more than one of the Virgin Mary in different places, but you don't see any evidence of blood or there's no crowd crowding around. There's no bunch of people pointing and whispering. Hmm. The uh, people you spoke to, Theodore, were they tourists or locals? Or They seemed like locals. Yeah. They definitely had the, the sort of the Venetian Italian sound. Oh. They also didn't seem like rich, sophisticated types. I mean, they were, yeah, you know, wealthy enough to be eat, eating and drinking in a nice cafe, but um, hmm. they didn't look like rich tourists or anything. Hmm. Well, uh, let's go see Giorgio. And I think afterward, I will uh, see if I can carefully take a couple of samples of the water back to the hotel room and give them a little analysis to see if there's anything I can recognize okay. chemically. So you get some samples of water. Remember that for later when you get back. 
Hmm. You head on over to the library. Um, uh, it takes you a little bit of time, but you eventually find Giorgio. Uh, he says, oh, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, I'm afraid I've, I've run kind of dry on our, uh, on our looking for information. So far, I've found nothing else. Um, you know. uh, well, we, we do have some new items oh, that excellent. would be helpful for you to look up. We're uh, looking for a uh, heraldry of, of, of Venetian families, uh, if there's a record kept of that. Well, I'm sure there's a, uh, there's a book. Um, sure. Um, any particular family? Uh, well, that's what we're trying to figure out is what family this design is. And I kind of describe the chair. You describe it? Oh, uh, unless, unless we had, unless we chair, had chair on a shield holding a, a doll. Uh, yes. Everybody in Venice knows who that is. That's the Grimanchi family. Um, they're doll manufacturers, or at least they were doll manufacturers back in the day. Uh, everybody... Everybody who was anybody who had money had had a doll for their kids that was Gramachi, you know, a little China China doll. Mm. They they still live in the uh, city. Oh, I don't know. I imagine they do. I don't think they probably make dolls anymore. But uh, oh, oh, that's too bad, Mike. Um, I mean, they're they're pretty famous. You could probably find we can find all sorts of information in the library here about them. Oh, um, he leads you sort of down an aisle and and looks through some records and um, he comes up with some information for you and he says that um, uh, let's see uh, in the nineteenth century the Gramanci I don't know if it's pronounced Gramanci or Gramanci uh, G R E M A N C I Gramanci family. Uh, they made special orders. They made singing birds uh, and other automata. Uh, they made uh, their craft was uh, was renowned. Uh, uh, they uh, they were accused of witchcraft because their uh, their little mechanical figurines uh, were so lifelike that uh, people Superstitious people believed that they must have used witchcraft to build them. Uh, they then began producing dolls uh, in the 18th century. And uh, the invading French were so uh, impressed that the Grimanchi uh, artisans became very wealthy. Uh, the French bought gifts for their children and mistresses. Their dolls were very fashionable in Paris, and uh, every Parisian nursery had one. Um, uh, but now these sort of dolls have sort of fallen out of fashion. Uh, they remain popular as tourist souvenirs, uh, and most little girls had one or, you know, until recently. In uh, 1630, he finds uh, a certain uh, Alvis de Gramanci was investigated by the secretive and terrible Council of Ten after an anonymous letter was dropped 
in the Boca de Leon, the lion's mouth, accusing him of making dolls in the image of their political enemies and burning them so that their enemies would die in terrible pain. However, the Council of Ten decreed that there was no truth in the accusation. Oh. An old and storied family. Nothing, nothing on the family after the Battle of uh, Monte Grappa. The current, the current Gramanchi family has been reduced in size after the war, and um, they have turned their entire business into the uh, into a sort of uh, veterans relief organization. And they specialize in creating artificial, artificial limbs. Ah, artifice. Oh, bingo. Dun, dun, you, dun. You, you were serious, right? You're, you're not. You're not messing with. Us. No, that's that's exactly what. Uh, oh, okay, okay. I thought uh, this is just too good to be. This is like. Perfect. Well, well, let's go go knock an old veteran down, and take his artificial leg. <laughs> I, I can't imagine that a leg of, like that is bringing him much relief. No, no problem. They Good still job. do make dolls, but they don't. They have a very limited number yeah. of dolls that they manufacture. Oh. Uh, I, I inquire about the address of the uh, veterans organization. Uh, it's on the uh, Campo della Bambino in the Connerregio district. Uh, the family was once very aristocratic, but now they are quite uh, most of their fortunes long gone. The uh, the family palazzo is on the Campo Bambino. Yeah, or is that the is the factory or the factory and the home is the same thing? Okay. There are only, well, maybe the, it wouldn't say that, but he probably can come up that, that there's probably only two of them left. Uh, they're in the book, Antonio and Sebastiano uh, Gramanzi. Oh, good. But, Another uh, pair of brothers. The last time we met some brothers, <laughs> it went very nicely for us. Yes. Antonio Sebastiano Gremonzi. Uh, perhaps is there by any chance, Giorgio? Do we have? Do we know if these uh, brothers are young men or older? I I don't know. Probably oh. father and son. Oh, could be father and son. Yeah. While we're at the library um mm -hmm. uh, are there um are there any more reputable papers uh newspapers that i can just quickly scan to see if they have any corroborating articles from what we read earlier you can you do but they don't have any more information than okay. the others have oh let's see Now the letter did the letter mention the name of the friend? Mm. 
We could ask Giorgio for an account of Monte Grappa, just for general impression, and possibly there'll be a personnel list. But this movement toward uh, veterans' assistance seems significant, obviously. Yeah. Would we would we know of like I mean it was sort of a pretty big battle that raged on would would we know vaguely of it? Well, you already did a roll on it, but now that you're at the library, um, I, I'm pretty sure it's in here. I'm pretty sure it's World War One. It yeah. was. It it's, was. It's World, yeah. And it, it's the, big. The, it's, the Italians lost like thirty thousand people at at that battle. So yeah. <laughs> Is over Georgia. a few days. Giorgio, complete list of those who died at Ponte Grappa, please. <laughs> we'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> Arranged alphabetically <laughs> by their mother's maiden name. Giorgio, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are a native of the city, yes? See, si, yes. Now, uh, Mr. Thursby heard uh, some other locals this morning talking about a miracle of the Virgin uh, in uh, Campo Sant Marco who, who, with the statue weeping blood. Is this every week around here or is this unusual? Well, I'd say it's it's a bit unusual, but every once in a while, quite honestly, I think when the Catholics need more church attendance and more donations. They make this stuff up, but um, I'm not particularly religious anymore, but my, I was raised Catholic. My family, we still go to the Catholic festivals and things like that. I've never seen anything like that happen. Uh, and the, the newspaper also had a piece about children playing in the water and getting disease. But certainly Venetian children know not to splash around in the canal water, yes? It's full of everything. Well, some of them are a little bit less hygienic than others. But, uh, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go in the water. The newspaper suggested it was like Black Plague. But, uh, of course, the plague was... Uh, buboes. It wasn't splotches. It's very specific. Newspaper people aren't entirely the best researched people. <laughs> what were you going to do next? We're going to head to the. Uh, oh, the location that the the doll the the veterans the doll factory. The veterans. Uh, 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 Limb replacement, the the because uh, they got into yeah. that after after the war. Okay. Yes, perhaps we should consider a story before we show up on the Gramanzi family campo and ask for a tour, or maybe we ask for a tour. Yeah, we have I, a couple of veterans among us. No, yeah, I, I served on on the other side, but I. Yeah, many limbs lost there as well. Perhaps, in fact, they could use uh, contact if they're expanding that industry. Yeah. 
Okay. So you you head across, I don't know exactly where it is in Venice, but you're heading over uh, towards where the factory is on the Campo della Bambino. Um, the Gramanzi factory is made out of stone. It was built in the 14th century. Um, it's got a fairly well-maintained facade. And on the corner of the, it takes up most of the block, um, uh, but on the corner there is a cafe, and as you look inside, there are a lot of uh, university students that are, you know, having coffee and chit-chatting and drinking and so forth. Um, then there's like a little sort of uh, interior courtyard where you... That, that is in the center of the where the factory is. Um, and as you get there, there are quite a few um, uh, people who look like they're down on their luck. Um, they, uh, they're all injured in some way. Uh, some of them have missing limbs. Uh, some of them are uh, obviously poor. They don't have money. Um, some of them are playing chess. Um, they're all smoking and, you know, uh, have their coffees and they're sitting there. It looks like they are probably homeless or near homeless. Uh, and they all, they're all old. They're all look like they're probably from World War One. The Great War. The Great War. There's gonna be a second. So one. no, they're not all very old, but some of them are older than others. Yeah, because this is that was just that ended just uh, five years ago. Yeah. Right. But they're all men. Yeah, they're all possible. They're all men. Right. All right. So as you you go, you have to kind of move to the center of the complex and then uh, into the, that courtyard, and uh, you can see the uh, crest on the building itself, one that looked like the same as your, uh, your, the mark on the envelope. Hmm. What do you guys want to do? Mm hmm. Hmm. Do we oh, just want to... Yep. Go on, head block. I was going to say, do we just want to go, go in and see if like they have a front office and, or yeah, I there's windows I'm, all around, and then there's a door. If we uh, like the idea uh, that uh, Block, you are interested in providing limbs for veterans in Germany, then either Thursby or Dabrowski could represent you in this endeavor. Yeah. I perhaps, uh, since we are so many, perhaps uh, we should talk to the young people at the cafe and see what they think about what's going on. I'm curious also if we think that the limb is inside this facility, if that is what is tainting the water around these parts. And if I take a sample here, perhaps it would be different than the sample I took by San Marco. Certainly like the idea of taking a water sample closer to this place. It's it's again. It's the use of the word figure that gets me. Mm -hmm. 
caught hung up in in a sense because i mean how could any person function being in such close contact with that damn thing all the time Uh, using it as a limb yourself like that's they seem to have unpredictable effects however you recall it's true the a prosthetic limb would would have a would be jointed and offer some mobility, as opposed to what we've seen from uh, like the the arm doesn't. It's just a statue piece. It's not it's not articulated at all. Yes, but normal statue pieces also don't change their appearance either. Yeah, or seem to shrink and grow in size. Who knows what? Yeah, yeah. Good point. Such a thing could do. I have a nightmare image of uh, them using the Sedefka limb to make a mold from and reproducing it. And then the, some of the attributes of the Sedefka are reproduced in what they hand out to the innocent veterans. They could have any attributes that we would not understand. So did you want to go into the cafe then? Uh, I'm heading into the cafe with Roland while the other three go in and try to pass talk their way through. The cafe is the Cafe Gamba Sinistra. That's the name of it. And it's quite lively. I, 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 it, it doesn't actually say in here, but it sounds like the university is not too far from here because it says university students are in there mostly. So let's see where we are. Oh, you guys are. So I have, I have a smidgen of Italian, by the way. So I will go to university students and say, excuse me, my Italian, I'm Swiss, it's not so good. We will find the one that we can talk to. Okay. So we can send the better Italian speakers into the factory. Okay. So what did you want to ask the students or say? Uh, well, first of all, I can't get enough uh, Venetian coffee, so there's that. Uh, and then we... Uh, Maybe take us. Is it? Uh, it's it's cooler out, so we can't sit by a window and look at the factory as easily. Um, right, you're actually on the corner of the same rectangle of the complex. So, uh, yeah, you. It would be literally behind you and in the through the walls. Uh, uh, I, I think perhaps uh, we'll uh, each get a cafe and then I will sit down with Neruda instead of trying my Italian. I, we will speak in English together and I will say, I have taken several samples now of the canal water, so hopefully we can isolate where this disease is originating from if it is a disease. Uh, but uh, the newspapers and their idea that it's plague are very strange. It could be something much more frightening. Yes, I mean, the the plague has certain markers. It's not just splotches. You'd think it'd have a far easier time diagnosing it if it really was bubonic plague. 
Yeah, and treating it also. One of the students overhears you and he says, no, it's not not bubonic plague. Ah. It's uh, just something filthy in the water. Well, of course, you agree. Are you you familiar with this? I've only... We've only read about it in the paper. We haven't actually well, I, seen it. I know what the I know what the bubonic plague is. You know, that's rats and uh, mice and uh, and fleas that uh, transmit that. Uh, in this case, it's just nasty, stagnant water that the sewage goes into the water here. It's full of bacteria and all sorts of nastiness, and nobody nobody goes into that. No, it, but uh, <clears throat> clearly. It's if it, there are many diseases associated with waste and so on that don't cause black splotches. Is it local to an area? The newspapers are very unspecific. I don't know. The, the, the newspapers don't always say everything. Sometimes they keep secrets and they don't want anybody to know. Yeah. Well, I had a suspicion it might be local to this area. Is that uh, something you agree with, or well, to this area in particular? Yeah. I don't know. I think they're just talking about somewhere in the city or all over the city or this time this time of the year it smells very bad. Is it normal how bad it is this year? I don't know. Sometimes once in a while, but this this is pretty bad right now. There's probably something clogging a canal or backing up the the you know the natural flow of the water through the through the canals that's uh Causing it to stagnate. Uh-huh. Uh, you are stu- what are you studying here? Um, I'm studying law. Is did you uh, are you a, a local or did you travel to Venice to study? No, I I live here. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a local. Not all of us are locals. Some people have traveled here. Uh-huh. It's a beautiful city. Uh, it's magnificent. It's unique on the earth. Uh, the uh, the business on the other side of the campo is most unusual, is it not? The doll factory. Yeah, well, it's been here forever. Does I it have they're... any sort of reputation? Well, it's well. I mean, they've always had a good reputation, but it's kind of sad now. I think. Uh, I think you know they've had family tragedies and. Um, there's only a couple of them left. I think father and son, wife and daughter died in the influenza, and uh, other sons died during the war, and older ones passed away. And uh, you know, nobody will marry uh, Sebastiano because he's uh, uh, heavily scarred and uh, has an artificial leg. Not particularly uh, well, so many, marrying type. Yeah. Well, the many people, of course, after the war have false limbs. Is his unusual in some way? Not really. It's well made. I mean, I don't really know. I don't know the man that well. But uh, the father, Antonio, he's a very generous man. I think he's pretty much given away all of their family fortune on... Uh, helping these poor sods, and he sort of points out, you know, the people sitting around, nobody takes care of them. They're all war veterans. And mm. 
I understand you should be careful what you say, young man. If the black shirts were to hear you complain about the way the veterans are cared for. Black shirts, we have watch outs for the black shirts. Um, we like to have our political discussions in, in this cafe. And, uh, black shirts, we don't want them around. Well, it's a good thing to know. If we have to have a conversation that we don't want here to be heard, perhaps we return here. Yeah. Are you a communist? Uh, <laughs> I, uh, Helen Ruder has an answer. You do notice that there's a bit of communist uh, indication around the room. Yeah, I will. I will say I was. Um, I had uh, I had the chance to speak with some of the union workers um, oh. in in Milan. I I always like to do what I can to help support the socialist cause. But, I mean, the capitalists are going to get us all killed, don't you think? Look what they did the last to. time. The fascist party here is insane. That's In a few years, they're so. going to be following Hitler around. <laughs> <laughs> Mussolini is Mussolini does things for the city, uh, is, uh, but it's all propaganda, you know. Uh, you're foreigners. We uh, we like foreigners. They don't like foreigners. The the fascists. Yeah, we have noticed that they watch us a bit. Yeah, you've got to be careful of the black shirts. Don't go down any alleys where the black shirts are hanging out. Because they, uh, when you give thugs power, they will abuse that power and they'll get away with it because they're the ones in charge. They're all a bunch of criminals, if you ask me military criminals yes but as long as they uh give the public their boogeyman to fear then they're you know as long as the public is scared of fictional crime the real criminals can get away with it eh? i like you <laughs> and so you kind of make yourself some friends while you're in there meanwhile um, you guys make your way to the entrance uh, to the doll factory. I keep calling it that because that's what's emblazoned all over everything, but everybody knows they're doing artificial limbs now. Um, you go in the front, and there's it's a small room. There's a, a desk, um, and there is a little setting room next to it, like a waiting room. Mm -hmm. Um but there's a man behind the counter, and he is—he's uh, chatting with somebody, uh, an old old fellow who looks like he's uh, obviously a war veteran. Um, and uh, after he uh, finishes discussion with that guy, he turns to you and he says, hey, "Can I help you?" He says it in Italian. Can I help you? Yes, you can. Um... I am interested in helping my friend here, Mr. Block. Uh, he uh, he suffered 
uh, numerous injuries in the Great War. Oh, did you? And yeah. Yes, um, most of which have healed, but um, his leg, it's... The doctors don't think it's good, and he, we heard that you have been in dealing with uh, limbs, making limbs. Well, we I couldn't do think of a word. Uh, Out of character, uh, I couldn't think of a bloody word there. Uh, if... Uh... Uh, do you have do you have an artificial limb now or yeah he no. does not no but um let and then uh, obviously with dorian translating uh no but i uh took some uh shrap shrapnel into the limb but you know uh i'm not looking for an artificial limb for me but more of uh i'm from germany and of course uh our government is not taking care of our veterans and I'm looking for a, maybe someone, someone that I could work with and in, in to take care of some of the veterans up, up there and all. I mean, uh, I have a connection with them being injured in the war and, and everything. And oh. Well, I, I'm afraid, you know, it's, it's mostly just me now. My, my father's getting too old. Um. Uh, I don't know if we can assist something like that. It sounds like a big operation you're talking about. Oh well, I mean, I, I understand that 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 you wouldn't be able to uh, do a, a full full operation, but uh, just maybe if I could have some uh, artisan, you know, our. I'm not. I'm not the person that would do the work, but but some artisans that that could maybe learn from you, maybe uh, as apprentices, you know, to, and th then we could go up there and maybe help you out, even you know, w with some some of the work. Maybe we could work something like that out. Uh, um, I don't know. We'd have to discuss it. We'd have to, you know, have it over uh, discussion. What you what you'd like? Like right now, it's. Uh, it's the middle of the morning. Uh, mm -hmm. Perhaps a, uh, a a lunch, a, a, a lunch, lunch meeting. Yes. I, I don't really go out for lunch, but uh, I mean, uh, you is is you're the representative of this company? Uh, yes, I am. Mm -hmm. oh, well, um, and he, you see him sort of hobble. Mm -hmm. over to the side and uh he uh he yells back and he says uh, papa i'm going to take a break and you hear kind of a mm, <laughs> from the other room and he says let's uh, step outside we can smoke oh excellent yes and, uh, so he comes around the corner he's got a cane mm -hmm. which he leans on uh, but you can see that he has an artificial leg. Um, looks like it's made out of wood. Right. Um, but it's articulated, so it it, it bends at the knee. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and he, he hobbles with you outside. Um, there's like a bench. There's places where, you know, a gentleman can, people are sitting around. Uh, there's a big, big tree that's uh, there that uh, everybody's sort of sitting underneath. Mm -hmm. um so um 
So you say you're from Germany. Yes, yes, uh, Berlin. Originally, hmm. well, uh, I've been uh, I've moved to the uh, to the new world uh, after the war, and this is where I met my uh, translators. Oh, the, the United yeah. States. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so have you, has has your family always been in the uh, prosthetic business? Oh no, no, it's um, that's something we kind of switched to after the war. My uh, my father, his father, um. We lost a lot of people in the war, and so uh, the veterans with their their needs, the, those who needed legs, there there was a need, and people weren't buying dolls so much anymore for their kids, so mm-hmm. we just adapted. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no, we've been doing that for a while now. Okay. And was there a... Um... Again, I, I'm not being an artisan, but was there a uh, a original piece that you kind of uh, base based it on that you were able to find a lot of success with? Well, I don't know really. My my grandfather would have been doing that. Uh, he's the one who who came up with you know doing this. Um, I was in the war. That's how I lost my leg. Oh, and that's how I got these scars. Uh, my brother was killed. Oh, I'm sorry and, to hear. Uh, and uh, Grandpa died a couple of years ago. Grandpa oh. Marco. Oh, Grandpa Marco. A couple of years ago. Oh. And uh, uh, my father, my father was uh, just heartbroken. You know, all of the, uh, the difficulties. He lost one son and ended up with this. Uh, you, you're still still here and all. I'm the last of us. So uh, once I'm gone, that's it. But don't give up. You don't give up hope. Always, uh, there's there's someone for everyone, and all. Uh, it's hard hard to lose a brother. I I lost one also. So uh, so you say you guys started doing this after the war, so. Right. I was in the 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 decisive battle of Monte Grappa. Oh, and the uh, on the terrible mountain, they call mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's all uh, all a, a problem with you know the fascists and everything else. Oh well, you know, in uh, the. Uh... The, the government of Germany is not doing the best. Our money be, is becoming more and more worthless uh, by the day, which is another reason why I may be looking to uh, move it down down here. It, it seems to be a little bit more state, stable. But uh, So you drink? Ah, uh, yes, I, I do enjoy a, uh, a beer or sometimes something stronger. A sweet vermouth is my uh, go-to if it's not a brewed out beverage. I got something. And he goes back inside and comes out a minute later with a bottle. Uh, he says, uh, he says, here, tell me what you think of that. He says, you know, one war veteran to another. 
And he's give, warming up to you. Yeah. I give it a nice smell and a sip. You know. Like, oh, it's quite good. Hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's something they make uh, around here. Oh, really? Yeah, it's quite good. Is it and he he starts or? he starts it's it's like a whiskey. He, he okay. <laughs> he's uh, yes, yeah, rat poison. Um, he uh, he starts chewing the fat with you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, reminiscing about the war, about the horrible things that he saw. Um, what do you want to do? Hmm. Just sitting chatting with him, and uh, um, I, of course, introduce my uh, associates here, Theodore and uh, Dorian. I have a question. I have a question for more out of intrigue than anything. Um, as you are in the uh, making limbs and stuff, uh, what was the proto? What was your first prototype like? I have no idea. That would have been my grandfather. Yeah, I was when he started this. I was like I say, I was in the war fighting. Yeah. So was my father. So okay. uh, must have, must be a very interesting process. Well, you know, really we stumbled. already we already do dolls. Yes, and you know, the, the idea is just on a larger scale. Um, and a way back when we also used to do, uh, you know. Uh, what do you call them? Automata, you know, people, rich yeah, princes and yeah. things with like, uh, you know, little birds and other <laughs> things and clocks that did stuff and all and, that. But, but so we kind together. of have, we had the experience in the family of how you would create an artificial. That's, like it's that. interesting. It's always interested me. I'm a man of, uh, uh, I, I'm an alienist of sorts, if you would, in my, when I'm not translating for people these days. Um, but um, I was wondering if we could get a look at the process, maybe where it's made. Sure. It, oh, it's yeah. fascinating. I can show you around. It's uh, it's pretty simple. Um, you? So uh, you guys get up. Mm-hmm. You guys go into the factory. And uh, he starts to show you around. Um, he, uh, takes you back, uh, into the clerk's room. There's filing cabinets. There's a desk. There's, you know, uh, looks like record books and things like that. Um, you go out through that into, uh, uh, into another room. You can see through a door at that point. Uh, there is an older gentleman sitting at a, a desk, um, he seems to be writing in a ledger. Um, uh, you go into the next room, and it's what he calls the finishing room. It's where they are polishing wood and uh, making sure there's no splinters or anything like that. Um, there's the shaping room where they are using various tools to shape the wood and... Uh, and you know, sand it down into the right shape and so forth. And there's measuring devices all over the wall. Um, and at that point, you're also starting to see some remnants of doll stuff. There are doll heads and doll limbs and stuff hanging. 
and uh, and then he just sort of motions towards another door, and he says, um, "We still do dolls occasionally on special orders, but that's that's that room." In any any near life size dolls, out of curiosity. No, I don't think we've done anything like that. Uh, not since you know, long before I was born. Mm-hmm. Out of out of curiosity, I, I represent uh, um, s- some of the investors. Oh wait, you're here now. Oh, yeah, yeah, he I, was always I, with I, us. Yeah, I was always. Oh, with you were always with us. Okay, yeah. sorry. Oh, no worries. Uh, I represent uh, some of the investors, some of the, the money behind developing some of this that uh, Mr. Block was speaking of. And we have a particular interest in, in any sort of development of uh, prosthetics, uh, I guess initially focused with legs, uh, that would not be made out of wood, maybe some other types of materials. And we'd be willing to invest significant amounts of money if uh, into this sort of research. And we were, we were wondering, had you tried anything other than uh, uh, wood or might, might you have a, something you might have dabbled in or tried? When you say that, he, um, he sort of perks up, you know, he says, you know, the family fortune's very nearly gone. And uh, we do want to continue this work because we are helping people. Um, we, uh, we wouldn't have used anything but wood. Wood is very strong uh, material to use for artificial limbs. Now, when we did dolls, we did porcelain. And mm. we did things like that and other figures. But you're not putting any weight, you know, it would be a terrible thing to have a porcelain leg and then suddenly it shatters on you. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, but um, uh, there are other materials that are ceramic that might be stronger and lighter. Um, I mean, we are always willing to investigate those and, and work with them. Um, but we don't have the kind of backing or money that we can do research and, and into artificial stuff. Uh, almost everything that we do is based on family tradition, what we've done for so long. Uh, if we have questions about our processes that we have forgotten, there's always ledgers, there's books, there's there's things that, you know, my grandfather, my great-great-grandfather, and going back have kept pretty strict records on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever... Um, I assume you take uh, your family taking notes on each of the designs of limbs and legs per se. But you pretty much everything, yes. Um, has any of them ever created one that has been engraved? Nice engravings, unusual mm-hmm. markings. You know? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I'd have to look through records. Uh, hmm. To the old ledgers and stuff like that. I find um, it very it, fascinating. Well, I, I suppose if somebody wanted something special like that, mm-hmm. we could probably do it. We could do it. Sure, we could do it. Yeah. I given the amount of money that we'd need, we we could do it. Sure. Yeah. If, uh, yeah somebody want a solid like... gold leg? <laughs> 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 it would be very heavy. 
Yeah, I would just like to, I mean, as I said, I'm fascinated by this process, so it'd be interesting to see if there's been any unusual designs that maybe your grandfather tried something new, and it, uh, it'd be cool to see, be interesting. I wouldn't say cool, that is not what Dorian would say, interesting is what he would say. <laughs> oh, well, um, I mean, I can show you some of the patterns and, and things like that. Not, mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm not in the, the habit of, you know, doing a tour. I, I don't even know where, where to start, but uh, I, he sort of ramshackles it. You know, here's these things and here's these patterns mm-hmm. and here's how you change the shape if, if the person, we do a measurements beforehand and we want to make sure it fits and all that. But you're getting a lot of technical right. stuff about how to do artificial limbs. Uh, by now, Roland, our 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 Roland and Kurz, I'm sorry, Roll, <laughs> Doctor Kurz and Doctor Neruda, are you going to come around the corner and join them at the? Are you going to stay at the cafe? Uh, given that the uh, square is full of people waiting for limbs, and we do not know where our friends are exactly, I don't think we're going to just barge in and say, "Take us to our friends." Well, I, people aren't like waiting for limbs, but they are, they're hanging out because around. they have no other place to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. We don't know where they are. Okay. We could try our entrance. I think maybe we are making sure that we are listening. Maybe we go to the square with a, having with a cigarette or a pipe and listen for gunshots from the factory. Okay. Uh, I will. Seems reasonable. Keep, Keep an eye on the canal waters. And while we're making the artificial lens, we like to fire these guns off occasionally. (laughs) Scares the birds away. Uh, Um, Anyways, he he gives you a tour. He's kind of befriended you. Mm -hmm. Um, Ask if I could uh, meet his father, because he he said it's his father's idea. I'd like to just, you know. He says, yeah. He says, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, So he takes you and opens up the door to his father's office. Um, Antonio Gramacci is, is an elderly, thin, vague, dusty looking man. Uh, he doesn't speak any English, just, just pure Italian. Um, uh, and uh, uh, at first he is, looks at you quizzically like, who are these people? And, uh, Sebastian says to him, well, they might be people who might be willing to use our expertise to craft uh, artificial limbs in Germany for others. And uh, uh, Antonio then perks up money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And he gives you more or less kind of the same story that he lost his family and that he doesn't have many years left. And uh, Right. Oh, well. And, uh, you know, you, you came up with the idea when you uh, lost your, uh, uh, sorry, your son, which I'm, I'm terribly sorry to hear about and everything. Well, at the time, I was also in the military, and it was my father, uh, Marco, who, who started converting the business over. Um, mm-hmm. He died a few years ago. Um, 
uh, himself himself plagued with a lot of pain and uh, right. difficulty, arthritis. Oh, did he work with some friends, uh, family friends, or, or yeah, family friends? Uh, we had more members of the family here then, but now they've all passed away. Ah, uh, well, it's had to see. Uh, yeah, thank you. I mean, you know, it's. I can't remember. Uh, I appreciate. Hey, hey, hey! Just mean that it is your your father, Marco, that 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 came up with the idea and everything. Wonder, you know. Hmm. No, you know, I'm not uh, new, but but I. Uh, you know, we're we're very interested in this and all. You know, we're always interested in uh, helping out the suffering and all. Saint Saint Isidoro is one of the saints that you know I kind of relate to and his suffering. I kind of want to. Uh... Well, San Isidoro from the from the church, um, one of many many martyrs. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so I need to go go uh, visit his uh, his remains. Why him uh, in particular? Uh, just uh, I uh, the battle I was in, I saw saw some men get get drugged, and it, it was one of when the uh, nurse she she talked about how how he uh, he had that. It just connected to me in a moment of uh, shell shock when I was mm. trying to. I think there's a chapel to him there. Yes. Mm. Okay. Hmm. I was hoping for a reaction. Yeah, you don't see any particular reaction. Okay, all right. I, I don't suppose, uh, Antonio. If but uh, I asked your son. I asked your son, but you might know if you've ever come across any peculiar requests or any peculiar designs that your grandfather, or that your father, might have made when you started out this business. It can't do. Said this intrusion. I. You mean artificial lens? Yes, just. I don't think so. I mean, or maybe have you seen someone else's design, a different artificial limb made by someone else that stood out? As do you know anyone else? No, I don't know anybody like that. I mean, before then, it was mostly dolls and uh, you know, repair work, and yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, oh, you you repair like uh, artwork, like maybe old statues and everything. Well, I mean, there, you know, there are museum pieces and so forth that uh, that are still on display of uh, automata and clocks and things like that. That. Uh, occasionally need repair but my mm. grand my father was the last one to really know how to do that sort of stuff we haven't been doing that stuff um in my lifetime oh uh, at least not that of, not that i recall or a oh. personal thing for me a personal um as you're on to that your father your father was more into repairing that kind of stuff uh, do you suppose that um, you have any of his documents with what he may have repaired? I'm I'm sure everything is documented. Although I could have a 
I look at I'm kind of interested in structural repairs and things like that. Uh, I'm a very cultural man, and I like to learn more about cultures. Um, and uh, I'm not sure why. Um, they're just records. No, I'm just trying to figure out if anyone um, had come across something uh, I heard from another source. Do you have about... something in mind that you're looking for? That seems I do indeed. Specific. I do indeed. I am, unlike my friends here who are genuinely here to um, uh, offer support in your business, I... I also heard about your father's repair procedures before, and I'm looking for a missing limb, I guess, per se, and engraved from a statue. Mm. And I was just wondering if it, very unusual engravings, wondering if your father might have repaired. It's of interest to me, I am writing a journal on a variety of unusual statues. I'm not sure that he would do anything with the statues. Statues are really usually marble carved or something like that. I don't know. Um, and and Antonio turns to Sebastian and says, I, I really don't have time uh, for this. Um, oh. And Sebastian's like, thank you, Father. He says, you know, come, come out here. Thank you. And uh, he says, look, he says, uh, you know, the business day has just sort of begun. Uh, if you want to come back this afternoon, uh, we can look through and see what my father, my grandfather was up to. Oh, okay. that would that would be of use for me and special for my I'll, journal writing. I'll bring the beverage this, this time. Uh, oh. So cool. as a payback. He probably doesn't say cool. I say cool. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so he shows you out. He's very, he become, he's become very, you know, hands-on. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but then you notice that he's got that sort of streak in him with all of the people who are yep. war veterans. He, he has a brotherhood with you. Um, but eventually you guys leave and, uh, you head over to the cafe and meet up with the others. Ah. Hmm. Well, um, they didn't turn it into an artificial limb. No, and we didn't spark any reactions from them. Uh, I'm, I dropped a few hints, but they are going to let us look at their records. So maybe something might come up. All we have found is uh, communist sympathizers. Seemed like uh, a nice bunch. Well, it's good to have friends, I guess. Mm. Yeah. I would like to take these samples back to the hotel and attempt to figure out if I can isolate any compounds in them. Uh, also, we have had quite a few coffees. <laughs> Indeed. All right, so you guys are on your way back to your hotel. Um, the the um, 
the the note in the church was in handwriting. It was in handwriting. And do we, in, in what we've seen, was there anything that sort of matched that handwriting? Did we did did we catch anything like any particular like J's or the way they crossed? I, the I, I think by the fact that the letter referenced the dead son Marco, and it's the family seal. It's a. I think it's safe to say the letter was written by the by the father by Antonio. Good or maybe they were both in the war. It would have been him, uh, the grandfather Marco, and it might have been his father that wrote it. Well, the brother, the brother who died in the war. Yeah, we didn't get yeah. his name. That's true. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. because the it's the family seal, and the person mentions losing also having lost a son in the war. Yeah, yeah, God. yeah. I think that was it. Yeah, it's it consistent with the age of things as well. Hmm. Well, we can see, getting a look at their records, we might come across something. We'll have to be careful, but maybe, Gunther, you can keep Sebastian occupied. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We'll, we'll talk about that. And all. You, you, you had me worried there, uh, Dorian. You thought, thought I was going to have to pretend I was missing a leg. Yes, don't <laughs> worry. I, I had... It, it's just like my arm. I had a sudden bout of... A mania, maybe, but uh, I don't know. It clouded my my judgment mm-hmm. and what was coming out. Verbal diarrhea, almost. <laughs> All right, well, why don't we call it there? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to check my records just to make sure I didn't make a mistake. But I'll do that in a second. Ah, our players included... Uh, Mark Llewellyn, David Gassaway, Stuart Lively, Keith Craig, and Josh Harwood with yours truly as the Keeper of the Secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members, you can set up private games, and you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. (laughs) 